I'm late setting up today. I'm still putting my headphones in. Arden's Welling just walked in. I was expecting him 10 minutes from now. Early journalism time. You gotta turn the mic on. It's a little button there. So you guys can't turn my mic on for me. We can, but I, I've actually instituted a policy of macking to never do it. Why? Because if you heard, when you talk to me during the break, you'll know why. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Showing up is half a life. Yeah. And I showed up. boy. So we're halfway there. So I'm obviously going to talk to you about Manoa and Blue Jays and all this stuff. But, okay, I know you're aware of this, but I don't think really anybody else is. So in the last month... Shohei Otani, I'm sure you're aware, right? Uh, we'll see. I don't okay. know. I mean, you could oh. say a million different Shohei Otani things that to. are absurd. I'm about to. He hit 394. He led the majors in on base with 492. He led in slugging percentage, 952. So that's an OPS of 1444 for those that can add. <laughs> I'm not. I'm no one like, in this room. Everybody looked around. Everybody <laughs> like, yeah, you? No. Sounds right. Yeah. 15 bombs. 15. By the way, that's more than Vladdy has all year. He hit his 13th yesterday. Those two guys were fighting for an MVP a couple of years ago. 15 bombs in a month. 29 RBI. 25 extra base hits. 99 total bags. Uh, <laughs> it keeps going. Because, yeah, he also pitches. I don't know if you guys have heard about that. He hits and he throws. No way. Yeah, I know. He threw 30 and one-third with a 326 ERA, 37 strikeouts, and his opponent line was 228, 302, 368. So I looked at that this morning, and I went, nobody cares. No. Which is insane because that, that is genuinely one of the greatest months in the history of any sport that any athlete has ever put together – and nobody cares. And so my question to you is, what what would Shohei Otani have to do for people to take notice? I know baseball is a local sport, hockey is a local sport, NBA is a little bit more national, football obviously completely national. But is there anything Shohei Otani could do where the casual viewer is going to go, you know what, I actually sort of want to watch an Angels game tonight, but they're not playing my team. Cure cancer. I was going to say, kill someone. Simultaneously, like, hold political office in yeah. Japan. No, I don't think that'll do it. I don't Walk think that... on the moon. That's Go to Mars. Done. Yeah, Mars, yeah. You... Moon. Every millionaire is about yeah. to walk on the moon. They're going... The moon is so boring that guys just died in a submarine because they were like, everybody goes up there. We got to go see the Titanic wreckage. <laughs> He's the most underappreciated athlete of our time. He's Brady. He's McDavid. He's all these guys, right? So, But our, our brains just don't comprehend it. Like, the, even comparing him to Babe Ruth is absurd. Like, Babe Ruth yeah. never did this. Babe Ruth never. way cooler, though. Why? Yeah, because he's a man of the evening. <laughs> Shohei is not. That's yeah, true. that's what I mean. I've seen the uh, Babe Ruth movie from the yeah. 90s. It's pretty cool. I don't think you can be Shohei if you're a man of the evening. No. It's hard. Not right? in this day and age. Yeah. No. Back no. then, you could be. Babe mm-hmm. Ruth, you could just be some like school dropout bad kid rolling around who like probably chucked rocks at other kids and they were like you throw the rocks the fastest he's like yeah we should turn this into something you and throw that's, the rocks the yeah, that's it you're the best bully we should give you a bat yeah, that no, was it Shohei's got to go home after a game and eat a very precise amount of protein and carbohydrates and get a very precise amount of sleep and like yeah. it takes a lot to do what he's doing right uh, now so someday we'll appreciate it like someday we'll look back on it and be like we watched that guy we saw him but we didn't 
And that's the thing. People are going to go, Granddad, what was it like watching Shohei Otani? You're going to be like, I, it was crazy. He was pretty tall. Uh, and then there was a thing. He did a World Baseball Classic thing. Uh, and then, yeah. Well, here's the other part of this. He's screwed because Mike Trout, for those of you at home that don't know what's going on with the Angels, because guess what? Of course you don't. It's fine. This is not a shaming time. He just broke a bone in his hand. The hamate. The hamate. Not the good one. The bad bone to break in your hand. It's like seven, eight weeks. Yeah, yeah. it's bad. And then yesterday, Otani left with a blister and Rendon left. And that's a team that the Jays are fighting in wildcard position for. You got to think that they could fall out of the race here pretty quickly without those guys. They're kind of built around those three dudes. That's their, yeah, that's their thing. It helps having two absolute generational talents on your <laughs> roster. Like yeah. two of the best players we've ever witnessed. Yeah, it does. Like to, to minimize Trout, like that's what's so that's crazy about what, his career. about what Otani's doing though, right? Yeah. Is that he's put Michael Trout into a shadow. That's, sure he's how, a Michael Trout? that's crazy. Like I'm not. Just a Mike. I'm honestly not, but <laughs> I went there. Yeah. Uh, I, t- I took a leap. I've never uh, heard that. But it's, that's how crazy what Otani is doing, yeah. is that nobody talks about the surefire first ballot Hall of Famer who's also on his team. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the Angels do. I don't know how you even figure out a trade value, like a return for Shohei. We saw Soto get traded. Yeah, I was going to so say, that's be somewhere template. around there. Yeah. Um, like this offseason, if I'm any team in baseball, but it's got to be a team with the payroll, I'm offering Shohei the most ridiculous contract structures of all time. Two years, $120 million. You know, I'm offering yeah. him just crazy anything. stuff. Right? Because I, I, anything short-term, enormous value, I don't know how you feel about the longevity of what Shohei's doing. Who cares? There's no comparable, right? Yep. And everything in baseball is models, is comps, is systems, is analytics. And you're, there's no one you can look back on and say, well, this is how this looks when this guy's 34, 35, because this guy's never existed mm-hmm. before. So you can't even figure out a value on an 8, 9, 10-year deal. It's just like... The time is now. Give them three years, $180 million. Like, dude, like something crazy. Mm-hmm. It, he's so valuable. He's the most valuable player in the game. Yeah. Um, I just find it especially interesting for the Blue Jays because it is local, right? Like they are in the wild card picture for the Jays. And I think that we're now all-star break considering the season they're having. This is about when I'm going to start a little bit scoreboard watching. I know it's probably a bit too early, but it's happening enough where I'm, I'm paying attention to the teams. And I think this happened a little bit more with the Red Sox series, right? Cause Red Sox sweep the blue Jays. And I'm like, wait, how close are these guys? Yeah. Oh, turns out very, even though their season has been basically an unmitigated disaster and coming into the series against the blue Jays, all of their writers and commentators were going, this team is the worst offense. And I went, well, <laughs> <laughs> Funny you should say that <laughs> because welcome to our team here. This is uh, the other one. Okay, so yeah, this is the year to do it though because things are so muddled, or especially yeah, around that cluster of the standings. Well, right? This like, is what I was going to say is every team should be in on Shohei. That's the cool thing about him at the deadline is there's no just one contender that's looking to add him. If you're any team, you should be offering a massive trade package if you're willing to give him the money. I'm guessing that if he's going to leave, he's only going to re-sign or want to sign with a team that is going to be competitive because the one benefit of playing with Mike Trout is he just looks at him like in Varsity Blues. I don't want your laugh. That's an old <laughs> reference, but I had to do it. It's just, oh, everyone talks about you as the greatest player in the game until the next guy comes along and is good. And then we look back at your resume and go, oh, right. He played in one playoff game in his rookie season. Not great. 
You need an owner who's willing to just go nuts because like I, I haven't found anybody in the game who says Shohei Otani is going to sign anywhere but with the LA Dodgers next year. I so, hate that because then he's staying out west and I never see him again. I've made this case and I, I people hate it, but I really do feel this way. I'd rather Shohei be a New York Yankee or a Boston Red Sox and play in the division and be on the East Coast where he gets to show up at your ballpark and then you actually get to enjoy him. Because that's what I'm saying. These numbers are so insane. And I feel like it's Barry Bonds or it's Ken Griffey where everybody on the Eastern time zone goes, oh, that must be cool what's going on out there for you guys. That's really neat. You got a really good baseball player, huh? He'd be a great Yankee, honestly. He would be a great Yankee. Him and Pinstripes, he'd look good, first of all. Second of all, he goes from one of like the worst run organizations to one of the best. So he goes from a team that like doesn't put any, um, like they don't care about analytics, they don't care about information about helping guys get better, to New York where like they started this analytics movement where he's going to, they're going to give him the pitch tips. They're going to, can you imagine him knowing what's coming, right? (laughs) Like he's going to get so much better on the pitching side and with his recovery, he's going to have better resources. He'd be a great Yankee. Okay, so... Speaking of the... Just for all the Jays fans out there. Yeah. I, and they can afford them, too. <laughs> I don't know. If you're a Jays fan right now, wouldn't it be nice to see a really sweet baseball player? <laughs> that would be cool. I, would, I wouldn't care who he played for. Just let me go see that guy. I just, yeah. Uh, yesterday, they avoid disaster, which is great. Vladdy comes through, hits a bomb, his 13th of the year. Now has more than Dalton Varsho, who has an OPS plus that's like 80 and uh, OPS of, I think, 670-something. So, yeah, he's got as many home runs as that guy now. So, good for 669. Vladdy. 669 for Dalton Varsho? OPS, yeah, Dalton good trade. Varsho. It was a great trade. Everyone who was involved in that trade should be in prison, like, <laughs> for real. Uh, and including Chris Black, who told every single Blue Jays fan that this was the greatest trade that ever materialized for this organization. So, they win. Nice. But the big news is Manoa. So, I do want to start there. Why is it happening so fast? This one start in Double A, and it was rainy, and it was weird, and he still walked three guys. I don't know. It was a week later after he got lit up in the Florida Complex League. What are you hearing in terms of the timeline? Why is it fast? I would throw that back to you. I like, guess. why? Why would you say this is fast? Because I thought that when they sent him down there, that it was we really don't know what's going on with this guy outside of it's a lot of things. That it could be a mechanical issue, that it could be a pitch clock issue, that it could be some mental stuff where he's not, he's lost a bit of his confidence. And it could be, yeah, some just body stuff where we want him to be in a little bit better shape. BNS made a good point about how he doesn't buy that theory as much because he struggled early in baseball games. And if it was something that really had to do with, you know, his weight or his conditioning, that it would probably be something that showed up a little bit later in ball games, But I just look at it as, hey, maybe it's a, all of these things put together. And so they, when they sent him down there, and they took such drastic measures to not just say, we're sending him down to double A, I would have thought that this was something that they were going to be extremely cautious with because he's one of the organization's most important players. Like, how many guys on the team are more important to the Blue Jays' success than Alec Manoa? The thing that makes them special? Gosman, Bichette. Guerrero, yeah. Jansen. No, like, yeah. Jansen? Yeah, he catches everybody. Jansen. He's very important. He catches okay. every pitch. All right. yeah. Every pitch that's, that's thrown, dude. Romano, Swanson. Take. No, <laughs> this is the everyday player versus the pitcher so take. So why, like, why is it quick, though? Like, What are we comparing it to? Where that's it's... the thing. It just seemed quick because the, the yeah. messaging that I got from everyone was that they were going to take their time and be cautious with this. It took a month. 
Uh, he took a month. He didn't pitch. He was in the lab for two weeks, okay. and then he went and struck out 10 over 5. I don't know what happened before that. I don't even think anybody even remembers what happened before that. I'm talking about the complex yeah, league start, no, right? But look, I'm like, he's had a month. Like, mm-hmm. what makes it quick? There's no comparable. There's no other defending Cy Young finalist mm-hmm. who, like, fell off a cliff and had to go to the minors for a month that you can point to and say, whoa, that guy came back too fast. You're, we're, like, we're writing a new script. If, if Hunjin Ryu came back for this outing... You would say, yeah, that's too fast. That's too mm. quick. Because we've seen hundreds of Tommy John rehabilitations where it's, hey, there's setbacks, there's velo dips, you got to give this time, you got to let this build. With Manoa, there's no comparable. It's, okay. it's never happened before. So who's to say it's too fast? Okay, but comparable aside, do you think that this was the original plan that he was going to be back this quickly? Do you think they had a plan? Like when what I, your original read was that dude, he'd be back in a month? When I was in Miami, whenever the Jays were in Miami, uh, they were talking about Canada Day. Like, they, they would have had him back sooner. That was in the cards. Like, that was a discussion. So, I'm, I'm not surprised at all. You're not going to find a softer entry point. You're not going to have a more, um, like, a better outing to build off of, to platform off of into this. Velo was good in his last outing. Slider was better. Mm-hmm. Not as good as it needs to be, but better. Um, you've, and it makes sense too with the all-star break, you start him on Friday. And so he's going to have the next two days of the tiger series, all of the all-star break. And then you come back with three against Arizona and an off day. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to throw him right when you come back. So regardless of how this outing goes, he's going to have like 10, 11 days before his next one, mm-hmm. whether it's good or whether it's bad. Yeah. So if it goes well, great. You go off to the all-star break, Oof. you kind of decompress, throw a couple bullpens, you build off that. If it doesn't go well, okay, we've got 10 days to figure this out and to get him better. Mm. I just I don't know. I'm not as like cautious or conservative about it. Like he's part of this team. He's I guess, a really good pitcher. He's a defending Cy Young finalist. Yeah, I agree. And again, that's why I think he is one of the most important players on the team. Because to me, I, I break teams down as okay, what makes you special, right? What's gonna win you World Series? And for the Blue Jays, I don't think the offense is special. I don't know how anyone's gonna make that case. I don't think the bullpen is special. What I think could be special is the starting pitching. But I think that it only gets there if you have two aces, which is Gossman and and it's Manoa. And those two guys pitch brilliantly. And I know it didn't work out for them last year, although it could have been better had they not gone to the bullpen as early with Gossman. Don't need to relive that. But I want to be uber cautious with this guy. I want to make sure that the slider is where you want it to be. I don't want to have him run up. I, you're right about the timing thing. I do like that it's Detroit and then the break. Like it's a weak, it's a pretty feeble offense. And then you have more time to work on things. I just, I guess the follow-up to this is, what do you think the major issue was? Because if some of this is, if it's just purely mechanical and they were going, hey, we need you to work on this and this is how the pitch clock goes and you need the two starts or whatever and however else he was being trained over that month, then I go, yeah, throw him back in the fire. If he's feeling confident, if Alec Manoa is the Alec Manoa that we've seen throughout his career where he's basically undeterred by anything, right? The most confident guy ever. The one that calls Garrett Cole the greatest cheater of all time. The guy that barks into other dugouts and basically challenges people nonstop. Basically, you know, three times the size Strowman, I would say, right? (laughs) You know, triple Strowman. If he's that guy, fine. But my concern would be he comes back up and it's this Tigers team that everyone says, hey, they're crappy. Go mow them down. And then he shows those same issues. Him during that time down all of a sudden becomes horrible. You know, he's sitting there going, oh, my God, I can't believe this still isn't figured out. Oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. I, anyway, I'm, I'm feeling way too much here. This is way too long. But, yeah, what do you think the major issue was with him then? So the big issues were fastball command on the arm side mm-hmm. and a slider that had less bite and less velo than it's had 
in the past. Sounds like the fastball is back, at least from a velo standpoint. 95, his final pitch at double A. So like the velo's there. If he can command that arm side, great. The slider still needs work from what I've been told. I'm very interested to see the pitch data on it when he is pitching in Detroit and to see what kind of horizontal movement is on it. What leads to that lack of command, that slider is not biting as much. It's repeatability of your delivery. It's maintaining your mechanics. Can that be related to body composition? Yes. Do we know for a fact that it is? No. Is Alec Manoa going to rework his like strength and his mobility and his conditioning in a month? No. Like These are off-season things. But right now, as the Blue Jays are constituted, you have four starters, and you have had four starters for a month. And you have Kevin Gosman regularly pitching on four days rest. Jose Barrios is skipping bullpens. Kevin Gosman... I said Gosman. Chris Bassett is like pitching hurt. Mm-hmm. It's it's a problem. You need to back these guys off. And not just once. You need mm-hmm. to back them off over the all-star break, coming out of the all-star break. You need to give them three weeks to really recover, really get back to where they are, get back onto their routines. Guys haven't been working between their outings in the ways that they need to to be their best. And so you've got 10 weeks left in this season and you want to take this opportunity to platform your rotation, which to your point is like the special part of this team and what could help you win in the playoffs to platform it through the rest of the year, get it to October healthy and effective so you can go out and try to win some games. So again, this is sort of what scares me a bit though, is when I say, is it rushed? And you're like, hey, there's no template. So I go, that's fine. Yeah. That's, that's a great point. I don't know. But it just, to me, from the outside, that feels like a part of it. And if I'm talking about Alec Manoa, your Cy Young runner-up from a year ago, I don't want any part of it to be the fact that you didn't bolster the starting rotation with enough depth, and so you're kind of forced to bring him up here. Like, those other factors you mentioned, they're very important. Like, And the thing you didn't say is that they're one and two in those bullpen games, right? And they can't be affording to give away games anymore. Like, they're out of a wild-card spot as it is. And your bullpen looks better when Trevor Richards is available in the seventh. Yes, exactly. He, he didn't pitch the first. No, there's no doubt about it. And I you're just, not holding him back because like, oh, we need this guy to start in two days. Yeah, I and, guess that's my issue. My issue is how much of this has to do with the domino effect of removing him from the starting rotation as there been. That's versus part of it. how much of it is, hey, this guy's actually ready. The velo's up. He's feeling confident. We're ready to roll. Like, do you know at all how he's feeling about this personally, about you know, anything you've heard over the last month? Uh, I bet you he feels great because yeah. he just spent a month off the big league roster. So he's no longer going to be a super two player this year. This is a decision that's literally cost Alec Manoa millions of dollars, demoting mm-hmm. him for a month. He's not going to be super two. So he's not going to go through arbitration four times. He's going to go through three times. And if you want to see what the difference in that is, look at what Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to earn in his arbitration years and look at what Bo Bichette's going to earn mm-hmm. because those two guys came up the same year but Vlad was a super two and Bo was not because he came up later and there's a very big discrepancy in what they're earning. So this has cost Alec Manoa money. You are buying some goodwill with him by bringing him back now, getting him back on big league pay, big league service, back on the charter, all the perks, all those things. And you're also showing confidence in him. You're showing confidence in the organization for the work that they have done with him and showing confidence in the athletes that, hey, you went out and you did what we wanted you to do. You went to double A. You dominated. We feel like you're ready. You're a big leaguer. You're going to help us win. You're back. Let's go. Mm. I hope so. 
I hope so. Could go poorly, <laughs> right? Know, but just, it could go well. It just, we don't know. It, that's sports. It's it's a very. But it's the big leagues, right? So like he, we can't be this conservative and cautious and have kid gloves yeah. with everybody. I agree. It's never going to gonna be perfect. You're never going to find your perfect scenario where it's like the most soft entry point. He's coming off the best outing and he's everything's working. Like everything mm-hmm. is perfect. He's going to be beat up. Like he's going to get rocked again this year. Every mm-hmm. pitcher gets rocked. Kevin Gosman gets rocked. He's going to have bad outings again. Over yeah, it the just back can't half be the, the next year. one, though, man. It Why just, not? I, I don't know. It just it, The optics of that are horrific. If you bring him up and he can't find the plate again, it's like that Orioles start, and he's just he's getting absolutely tattooed. He's The velocity dips down. The slider looks horrible. My question is, at that point, how do you trust? If you're him, how do you trust a plan for you? You're saying, okay, wait, so you just cost me those millions of dollars, and now I'm not fixed. And now we're going into an all-star break, like I mentioned, where all I have is time on my hands. I know I'm doing the doomsday scenario here, and I actually yeah. do feel like this is probably going to work out. You remember the Royals start he had? I think it was the second one where he didn't pitch particularly well, but the team was just terrible in front of him. And so he managed to get through it. I think he went five or six, and he did fairly well. They, he won the game. I'm anticipating something like this, where he's not going to come out and look dominant, be nasty, and do all that stuff. Again, I, I think that it's the two-part factor, which is could you have figured out a better way and is the plan for this guy affected by what the rotation has currently and yeah you mentioned it that maybe it's a small part of it but that piece is what scares me a little if doomsday plays out and he comes back he can't find the plate the slider yeah. isn't effective the fastball command isn't there he's laboring on the mound he's kicking at the dirt his mechanics aren't repeatable you have such a bigger problem yeah. <laughs> at that point, and one more double-A outing or one more triple-A outing isn't going to solve yeah. that, isn't going to get him to a place where all those things are fine. It's not like one more minor league outing, and all of a sudden, the horizontal on the slider is 16, and all of a sudden, the fastball command is on the edges, and all of a sudden, the confidence is there. One more minor league outing isn't going to do that. Yeah. We're going to find out. I bet you he goes like five innings, three runs. It's like a totally so-so fine outing. It's not mm-hmm. dominant. It's not a blow-up. It's like it's five and dive, three runs, gives this team a chance to win. You go from there. Do you know what the life looked like at the Complex League? Life on the pitches? Yeah, like, no, 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 sorry. Like, what oh. his <laughs> life was looking like down there. What was, yeah, did, did you get sort of I mean, he's from Florida, yeah. so, like, I'm sure he had his support system there. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure his, I believe it's fiancé now. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is. yeah. I'm sure his fiancé was with him. Like, uh, he's comfortable there. Like, that's the environment they wanted him to be in. Mm-hmm. And then also he got to spend time in the lab, which is really valuable. You look at Bowden Francis this year, who was throwing 96 when, like, a year ago was throwing 92 and was outrighted off the rock roster they put him in the lab at that point and they hooked him up to all the motion capture and the biomechanical stuff and they found a movement inefficiency and helped him find his velo he mm-hmm. goes off to puerto rico pitches well in winter ball comes into spring training blows the doors off now he's a big leaguer this stuff works like it was a good environment for him to be in it's no guarantee it's going to work for alec manoa but it was a good place for him to work on things rather than at the big mm-hmm. leagues where you don't have those resources and you're trying to compete against the best hitters in the world every five days so you threw something in there Chris Bassett, pitching hurt. What does he got? What's going on? I can't tell you that, but he is. You can't or you won't? He is uh, uh, both. Oh, wow. <laughs> he, he, look, he, Chris, like, he, he told Mr. me Secrets. on okay. the last road trip that I was on, and I did mm-hmm. this on the broadcast, like it's mm-hmm. out there, that like he's been dealing with some physical stuff. It makes mm-hmm. sense. He's a veteran pitcher, you know, and he's been as part of a four-man rotation has not had that benefit of an extra day in between starts. And we've mm-hmm. seen 
how much better guys like him, guys like Kevin Gosman, even Jose Barrios are with that extra day. Everyone's better. Every MLB rotation should be a six-man rotation and will be someday. Mm. Japan figured this out a long time ago, and MLB will start figuring it out soon because you just get better results like the pitchers are just more effective mm. but that's neither here nor there when it comes to bassett like he Maybe has they been have that when ryu comes back if he comes back we'll see it's, it's clock sticking now mm-hmm. right he's, he's in games mm-hmm. um so like with bassett he just he hasn't been able to work out in between outings the way he's wanted to he hasn't been able to like throw bullpens he hasn't been able to work on things mm. when you throw seven eight pitches there's a lot of work that goes into that um, and when you don't have like overpowering stuff, like you have to be very fine with your command and very repeatable in your delivery and your mechanics. So I think a lot of that has contributed to some of the issues that we saw from Bassett recently was being in the four man rotation. You know, the, one of the stories that's kind of gone by the wayside this year though, is every year the Jays get killed for the sports science department, like keeping guys by healthy. You. Yeah. Well, yeah. By, by you. Yeah, guess what? <laughs> yeah. Others too. I'm not the how only many, one. How many times have you tried to fire every I'm, physical therapist, well, every massage therapist? I'm, I'm going to try to fire some other people today <laughs> okay. with you, which is like the analytics department of the Blue Jays because right. I'm just looking at what they think is going on here or positive uh, regression on guys. Busy or, times for the HR department. Always. Yeah. yeah. Listen, uh, I would just say that they've done – it turns out that moving George Springer to right field has – just cured him of his ailments to a certain degree. And yeah, for the most part, they've been pretty healthy other than behind the plate, right? They've had a couple of injuries there. I think Kiermaier got dinged up a bit. Belt had a short stint, but he's 35 years old. And yeah, coming off of an injury, I don't think anyone thought he was going to have the Ironman streak coming out of the season. He got voted in the All-Star game. So actually, wait, did he get in the All-Star game? Who built? No. No, he didn't, no. right? He was behind some, Shohei. Some bum. Yeah, he got was behind some guy yeah. named no, Shohei. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I, was, I just, his name was linked to All-Star so much. But yeah, I heard yesterday on the broadcast, it's what? It's Witt, Bo, Vlad, yeah. and Gosman. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Only four. Yeah. And they had off like a finalist for Belt every should position. Be there. <laughs> Belt should be there over Vladdy, <laughs> even though Vladdy's got better numbers. Like it just, uh, anyway. It's a popularity contest, man. It's, yeah. for, it's for the fans. Yeah, it's for the kids. Yeah, it's true. Right? Yeah, If you go to an all-star game, you want to see Vlad Jr. over seeing If uh, I'm Brandon, Brandon Belt, Belt, like I want four days off. Of course. I don't want to go fly to Seattle and do a bunch of media and mm-hmm. it's work. I want yeah. four days of work. All right. Four days off. But yeah, incredibly, the catchers and the guys with injury histories are mm-hmm. the guys who have been banged up. Mm-hmm. That makes that scans. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Blue Jays have done a great job with deployment and with managing workloads so that you don't have these injuries. Yeah. I was going to say, there's, I don't think there's going to be a big story on anything changing, but had those guys been one of the more beat up teams in baseball, I do think that that would have, like, that is always a story. They've always had the sports science stuff in terms of what they're actually doing and people questioning it. Anyways, I want to talk about bats. So let's take a quick break. Let's come back and let's do that. Sportsnet 590, the fan. All right, Arden Zwelling is here. Guy came straight from the gym. Yeah, it's man. a good feeling, right? Oh, that, that sets the tone for the day. Yeah. When you train early, it just sets the tone for the day. I can't do it, but I will say that my only version of it is if I work out right after the show. Yeah, and then you're it's kind done of fired for up. the night. Yeah. No, but I have an issue of just pushing it back later and later and later. And then I end up doing it normally, but God, it's the. Uh, it's the loomingness of it that is awful, and I'm jealous of the people that can get up early and just bang it out and have it done for the rest of their day. The key is like going into it off of something that's already got you kind of activated and ready yeah, to go. Yeah, I don't right? have that. I'm a horrible morning person. <laughs> really? Oh, dude. The After first... all these years of morning shifts? Yeah. Really? No, man. Still? There's, there's some reasons why I'm not on the morning show right? <laughs> anymore. 
<laughs> this is kind of a morning show. Yeah, it starts no, at 9 a.m. No, dude, I used to wake up at 4.45 in the morning versus uh, now 7.30. It's a huge difference. You're a zombie. Man, there were so many days where I would do the morning show and I would wake up, and it still happens from time to time with this one, where I'll be sitting, I'd be sitting there getting ready to do the show going, I, I, I can't talk. I'm too stupid. <laughs> My brain isn't turned on. I'm gonna. I'm terrified. I'm gonna say something dumb, and then people are right now going, "You see stuff dumb all the time. Doesn't matter what that. Doesn't matter if you're awake or not." Which is true. So imagine how dumb it could be. Like that's the most terrifying thing about this being live. Is there are just those days where you sit down and you go, "I, I don't. I don't know, man. I. I don't know." Like TV, you're prepping your stuff. You know exactly what you're gonna do. Sometimes. How much time you have? Yeah, I'm sure that there are different <laughs> time constraints on it. But yeah, podcast, you can just start over again if you make a screw up or whatever. The, Cut it out if you say something weird, yeah. Yeah, the, the, I, and I love the radio part of it. I actually, that, that part of uh, this gets me going. But there have definitely been days where you show up and go, I'm a fraud. There's no way that I should turn on a mic today. Oh. This is so bad. <laughs> I mean, we oh all have that God. every day. Yeah, but it's like a, the imposter syndrome is every day. That's always there. Well, that's a sign, though, of intelligence. It is. If you have imposter syndrome, and this is for those of you out there that have it, and this is me basing it off of one TED Talk I watched on it, so <laughs> there you go. This is from one TED Talk. But the speaker essentially outlined the series that the reason you get it is because you're able to identify how much work it takes to be great at something. And so when you see someone else that's really good at the craft, you understand that, hey, uh, I might not be good enough because I might not be that person. And you always compare yourself to great people because you are willing to put that work in and you understand what makes them great. That it isn't just, and, and I've had this before with radio and with podcasting is, you know, who's the worst at it? Guys who go, yeah, that's easy. That's, right. that's fine. I yeah. could just do that. And you're like, okay, you know, <laughs> all right. You could listen. I've always said you can do it. Time will go by. You can sit in this chair and you can talk and eventually it will be 10 o'clock and the show will be done and you will have done it. But you will have done it extremely poorly. <laughs> it will, the quality you won't, will be. You won't be given another show. You won't be given two shows, right? There's so. a bit of a Dunning-Kruger effect to it too. Where Ooh, the, I like that too. The, the more you know about yeah. something, like the less you think you know yes. about something. Yeah, right? 100%. Um, I just channel that like anxiety and that stress, that imposter syndrome just into preparation. Like I try yeah, to think I make it good, right? Yeah. Like I try, okay, well now I'm just going to over prepare and I'm going to have way too much and I'm going to send, you know, whoever's producing the game that night way too many ideas and way mm -hmm. too many notes, but I'm going to have something. So mm -hmm. if stuff hits the fan or things go haywire, I will be ready. That's no, how that's I kind of channel that energy. I'm the same way. The only thing is what I have learned is there is over prepping with this. And I say, I say this all the time to guys who love to use numbers is uh, even when I did that yeah. Shohei thing, you got to do it slow and you, and, the, and those, those ones are over. easy because yeah. yeah, once you, you, you can explain a number or someone doing one thing. And then once you start to get in a second and a third, it's just, it's hard to follow. And even when it comes to takes and I'm notoriously bad for that too, cause I'll have run on, you know, <sighs> rambles feel it in the moment i feel it in the moment sometimes where it's like oh i've been talking for yeah, a long time and yeah. i'm not even halfway to where i want to go I yet know, it's so bad I, where is my off ramp yeah uh <laughs> that's for me is when i realize i've circled back to the same thing 
It's it's like in the movies where they're trying to get out of the forest and then they realize that they're lost because they are at the same spot. That's me doing radio sometimes or podcasts where I go, oh, my God, yeah. we're going in circles. We're lost. We're never going to get out of the woods. And then just scramble and throw something out and go, hey, let me get out of here. This is it. I'll burn the forest down. That's these, the only way. These cliches about not trying to do too much, yeah. about staying within yourself, like it's, it's so true. It is so true. Don't try mm-hmm. to do too much. No one's ever been mad at you for something you didn't say. Mm-hmm. Like the, the stat you didn't get to or the point you didn't get to, no one knows you didn't mm-hmm. get to it. Only you as your own harshest self-critic know. know that. I kill myself for that later in terms of I just beat myself over it. Like just, no, like that's so bad. That's so bad. That's so bad. Um, okay. So speaking of things <laughs> you didn't do or doing too much. Nice. So Vladdy. Nice. That's a pro right there, eh? Wow. Yeah, Vladdy. Wow. That was actually really Transition. Cool. Wow. <laughs> Holy. So, the, the, four, a social clip for today, right there. Four bombs and ten. <laughs> it's just the transition. Yeah. <laughs> it's ruined now. <laughs> now people are going, that's not that good. Anyway, he's got four bombs in his last ten games. And some of those were against a really bad baseball team. So I guess maybe grain of salt. They're all against pitchers. None of them were against the Tampa Bay Rays first baseman. Yeah, that's fair. Right? Yeah, they're it's, not empty netters. It's progress. Yeah. Um... You think something's diff- something different's happening here? Honestly, he's doing the same thing. Like, yeah. it's the stuff That's that I mean. nerds like me have been pointing to all year of, like, hey, this guy hits the ball really hard, and he's hitting it in the air more than he was prior. And it's you look at, like, the ex-WOBA leaderboards, and it's, like, Shohei, Riley, Trout, Vlad. Like, he's just up. The, the things that he does lead to results over time. It's a little maddening that it wasn't happening to this point. But he's a game-changing player. Saw that last night, saw that against the Giants the other week. He can change the game with one swing. He has game-changing power. I mean, it's a what? It's a slider at the top of the zone that he swings out of his shoes at. He doesn't get all of it. It was like 106 off the bat, and he hits it over the opposite field fence. Like, that guys don't do that. Like, it's just different. He is just different. So this is why, like, everybody is so bullish on Vlad being really, really good. In the future, because he does stuff like that. You're not upset at all about the approach this year? Because, like, that bomb made him scrape over an OPS of 800. And I've done it on the broadcast where it's like, hey, here's the pitches Vlad needs to lay off of. He's been doing a better job lately of laying off of that cutter away, that slider away. The count matters too, right? It's the 1-0 cutter away or the the 0-0 breaking pitch just off, right? Or the two-seamer in on his hands and 0-0 counts, like... Being willing to enter that like discomfort of being behind in the count and mm-hmm. take that strike and understanding that his pitch can come later in the plate appearance. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of it. Part of it too, like talking to Marcus Simeon about this in Texas, like he was like laughing at some of the stuff we were throwing him about Vlad and what he's going through. And he's like, yeah, look, no one's going to throw this guy a pitch to hit. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows how good he is. And nah. like Joe Kelly knows that if he misses, like he might... Did you see Joe Kelly's reaction? No, I know. I just he I was hate like, that, that pitch. All the good hitters. That like. swing, like that, got me. I yeah. lost the game on that. Really, because yeah. Vlad does that stuff. Sure, it's just the same. It's with Shohei too. Like they're not yeah. going up there with Shohei saying, "Groove him one. He won't get this. He <laughs> no. won't get after this." So and I, pitchers make mistakes. Yeah. And you look at the pitches that Shohei hits five hundred feet. They're all mistakes. Uh-huh. And his approach gets him to those mistakes. His sure. process gets him to those. But that's mistakes. it, I guess. But then why does Vladdy hit? I, I shouldn't even say this without really knowing it, but this is anecdotal evidence. And I guess it is slightly supported by the fact that I think he's hit into more double plays than any other player this season in all of baseball. But when you're talking about the hard hit rate, yeah. it always seems with Vladdy that his are in the dirt. Like he's never, 
a warning track guy where it's always, oh, man, another one to the warning track for Vladdy. Oh, he hit another hard ball. It's there. It's always in the dirt. His launch angle's up this year. I mean, his line drive rate is exceptional. It's just the things that he's not, like, he's not Kendris Morales. Mm. You know, he's, he's not that. And he's made, like, I just think that it really is an approach thing, a mindset thing, similar to what Bo Bichette went through last year. So, yeah, doing too much. Literally, the calendar turned to September, and Bo Bichette just said, I don't give an F anymore. Like, I don't care. I don't care what you think about me if I what wave at sliders. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I heard it. It <laughs> sounded cool. Yeah, it did. <laughs> uh, like, I, I don't care if you think I look silly, foolish. I'm not going to try to be who you want me to be. Like, he just kind of crossed that precipice mm-hmm. and had that September that we all remember and then return this year is like, oh, he's a superstar. Oh, there's the potential that we all saw. I could see a similar arc for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Takes different players, different amounts of time to find that mindset and to reach that. But even Vlad being a disappointment or slumping is still like a 125, 130 Wade runs created plus player. Like he's still incredible. No, he's still incredible, but the, this baseball team is built on the idea that you have two super duper stars in the middle of your lineup. And if one of those guys just ends up being, you know, an OPS, what was he last year? 815 or something? 820? It's like... And you see what it looks like over the last 10 days when, yeah. Vlad, when the ball's leaving the yard. That's the, it. Those are the swings the Blue Jays weren't getting over they the first need, half. They need him to be special. They can't just have him be good. Like, that. that's what the success is going to be predicated on. So... The bats have obviously been extremely disappointing this season. It's, I would say, the biggest story of the year, unless you say Manoa in terms of what's happened with him and the weirdness of that story. But starting pitchers have spikes up and down. So to me, that's not. Um, I want to go through a couple of these guys, what you think is happening here. Alejandro Kirk. I'm going to go through this month by month. Uh, April, March, 805 OPS. Nice. Really? Yeah. I'm kind of surprised Shocking. by that. I'm honestly a little surprised by that. Shocking to me when I saw it. And I went, oh, nice. But it actually only makes the rest of the numbers worse. It's uh, May, 564. June, 615. And yeah, July is, he's got seven plate appearances, but they've gone very poorly. Uh, he's got a 286 OPS. This guy was supposed to be Mr. Special, Mr. Always Gets on Base, Mr. Gets a Hit. Now he doesn't even do that. And if you even put him on the base, it's not great. It's not exactly... Uh, he's not here to run the bases. He's not here to run the bases. No. But he is there to get on them. And he's not even doing that. What, what's what's his, changing? What's his on base for the season? You got it there? His, uh, his on base is actually not terrible. It's 330. So he is getting on base. Yeah. yeah. It's just... Well, but again, because, that's with a March... Or sorry, an April and March where his on base was 418. His on base ever since then has been 286... Two eighty nine, like I, I bet you that on base is what produced that big OPS early in the season because uh-huh. he wasn't slugging early in the season either, right? No. So I'd imagine that OPS is very fueled by the on base because the approach. Listen, he has one home run since March. Yeah, no, it's the power has gone away in a very big way, and I can't tell you why that is, but it's like it's concerning. Certainly, you would like to see more power from him. You'd like to see more of an opposite field line drive approach, gap to gap. You'd like to see some of those line drives getting you know sneaking over walls like we've seen in the past. Um, it's like it's interesting with him. the The approach, the high walk rate, low strikeout rate, helps keep him very playable through power slumps and we've seen power dips from in the past before typically around times where the workload is ramping up and say Dave Jansen's on the IL and Kirk's being asked to catch a lot we've definitely mm-hmm. seen the power dips with him 
Um, but yeah, it's like it's he has taken a step back in the power department this year. But I would I would say his numbers for a catcher offensively are still probably above average for I a mean, catcher. Not no. I mean, I guess it depends on how we do the like. What's OPS the league average thing. OPS plus or weighted runs created plus for a catcher? It's very low. All right? I'll say is this: is that as of right now, um, his OPS plus is the last couple months seventy three eighty nine. So like I don't know how much of that is his defense, but with it, his OPS, it wouldn't be any so of his defense. So yeah, his OPS that's purely plus, yeah, hitting. That's purely hitting. So it's, he's been below average, and then well below league average. Yeah. But what's league average for a catcher? I don't know. The, right? I don't like have that's, that in front of me. that's a Jobo stat. That's all right, what he's so here give for. me like league I'll, average numbers for a catcher. Here's what I'll say, man. Because I bet you Alejandro Kirk is either you, near them or yeah, above them. You gotta you gotta be Luke Maley though, essentially, for you to play this many games and have. He's got five extra base hits since March. Five. So you you want to call up Rob Brantley and no, get him the starts? Call, no, I, mean, I don't want to call up Rob Brantley. Tyler Heineman to no, play more. No, no, no. My um, point here is just simply that I, I do think that he's an underrated, needed cog. There were moments last year where this guy was DHing, and you were saying, "Hey, this is one of the most important bats in the Blue Jays lineup." Part of the reason why I think they had to think about trading Gabriel Moreno was they went, "You know what? We're win now. We need Danny Jansen, your third most important Blue Jay, as you put it." And so, yeah. Did I? Yeah, you did. <laughs> I was just naming. There, that wasn't yeah. in order. I was okay, just naming well, oh, important so anyways, Blue Jays. Your third most important Blue Jay, right. Danny Jansen. Clip it was onto social. It, it goes. Was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was this guy too. And I feel like we talk about everyone. We talk about Vladdy. Chapman obviously gets hammered right now. Varsho is the face of this trade. And again, the other day, we see Gurriel clear the bases with a grand slam. And then we see Varsho with the bases loaded yesterday. Big old strikeout from Dalton again. Just um, yeah. didn't help him out. Sure, um, didn't help him. A lot of umps been conspiring against Dalton Marshall this season. Boy, the real conspiracy. What did he do? The quiet guy on the baseball team who just you know runs hard uh, seems to be hated by umpires. Anyway, my point here is just I feel like he's flown under the radar in terms of guys who've been discussed in the offensive woes. And every once in a while we do the hey, he's really improved as a catcher. He's done. His pitch framing is so much better. Oh, he gets down low in the zone. He steals some of those strikes. And I go, hey, that's fine. Except for that's not what I ever believed Alejandro Kirk was supposed to be, nor do I really particularly care about his defense. It's fine. It's a nice little bonus. But what I really want is for this guy to be getting on base at an extremely high rate and to be special, not league average amongst catchers, which is weighted down by some of the worst baseball, you know, some of the worst bats in baseball. Yeah, the when Alejandro Kirk is being the guy that we saw at times last year out of the seven hole in the lineup, whoever he's most consistently hitting, that's that changes things. Like that lengthens your lineup in a very real way. Mm-hmm. Earlier this year, there was a real issue with rolling over to the left side with Alejandro mm-hmm. Kirk, and there were some mechanical things in there with not staying over his back leg, and they made some tweaks, made some adjustments. Ground ball rate kind of declined, which is nice. I think you want to see, like, when Alejandro Kirk says best, you see those opposite field liners, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, that's what he can do. He can get his bat so many pitches. His swing is so level and on plane that he can do that. And then he'll just kind of run into some homers when he turns and pulls one over the left field wall. But, yeah, I, I like, I think he deserves credit for the gains he's made defensively. Like, de- like defense for catcher is huge. This is massive. You're catching yeah, every single he's pitch. He's not a 
stud defensive catcher all of a sudden. I think that like a lot it's, of this the, is about him getting to be a passable defensive catcher. A lot of the blocking metrics, a lot of the framing metrics would suggest that he's been very, very good. Sure. All I'm saying is that this is a guy that when he first started catching, Siddle would come on and go, yeah, this guy's not really a catcher. <laughs> so that's where the base he was working from. It wasn't, hey, this guy's a spectacular catching prospect and he's working his way up into being a generational catcher. It's, hey, this guy is actually serviceable behind the plate. He's all right back here now. He's not a disaster back here anymore. And now he's good. Wow, sure. a lot of work went into so that. So you think that that's good for him? Good for him. I'm asking you. <laughs> so right? you will have a theory then as to what the hell is going on with this guy. Because, again, it, I don't care about his defense. It's the most overrated dumb thing to talk about. He's not a special catcher defensive. defense. Yeah, catcher defense is catcher fine. Catcher defense is huge. He's not the best defensive catcher on the team. Danny Jansen is. I don't care what the hitting catcher does behind the plate. I want to see him hit. That's why he's here. That's why they traded Gabriel Moreno and not him. They viewed him as a special bat. Last I don't know year, that a deal was there for Kirk, honestly. You like, don't think so? I think the deal that they wanted to make with Varsho was there with, with Moreno. I don't sure. think it was there with Kirk. Maybe maybe it's not that deal. I just mean in terms of shopping all three catchers, yeah. that it ended up being the two that they kept during their win-now cycle. Had to be part of it going, hey, remember, what month was it last year? June? When what? Moreno, or when... Kirk had that just unbelievable, that uh, unbelievable month stretch. Yeah, I remember. Off where it was, oh, this guy is might be the best hitting catcher in all baseball. He's he was a, an all-star last year. Yeah. I know that. Didn't That's he start a, the all-star game, I think? Uh, don't know. Don't remember. Yeah. I'm not good with all, who starts the all-star games. It doesn't matter. No. I don't think that'll ever be a thing that I have yeah. in the bag. Michael Lorenzen's an all-star. Yeah. It doesn't I, matter. I guess my point is... is Jay like, should trade for him, by the way. Do you think... Because that, that's one of the theories is that he focused too much on the defense and that it bit away from the offense. I have a tough time with that stuff. I don't know. Why? I don't know. It just didn't, doesn't really make sense to me why a guy would just be thinking, working on his defense more and all of a sudden he can't hit. I think that we uh, focus too much on offense with like baseball players in general oh, and on what their say that. average is, what their on base is. I think yeah. you can contribute to This is how the Blue Jays ended up being the crappy team they are, is that everybody sat in a room and went, you know what? We're too worried about uh, we we got to get rid of Teoscar Hernandez's in the last month nine fifty OPS or whatever he had. Hey, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Remember that once in a while where he made a bad defensive play. Now the Blue Jays have the best defensive outfield. Like they steal. They do. Although Springer last night bad. That was a bad, bad boy. That bad was a play. bad boy moment for <laughs> Springer's, especially since he sat on the fence. It was like, dude, that was clearly in play. Yeah, he thought it was foul. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Which was, it was bad. Like two was, feet yeah, inside the line. Not. It wasn't close. Actually, when they showed the replay, I went, oh, that's even worse than. And I thought it was live. Yeah. Either way, great. They got this spectacular outfield defense. And guess what? They're sitting, what, two games of the wild card right now behind a bunch of teams that have not been, like the Yankees have been pretty mediocre. Although now they're 10 games above 500. They've been hot lately. Every team in the AL in that kind of murky middle has been extremely mediocre yeah. for like a month. Yeah. Which is, so you can look at that two ways. It's like good because the Jays are still in it. It's also mm-hmm. bad because they lost, like a, they did not take advantage of a really good opportunity to improve their standing. Mm. You got those Kirk numbers? Yeah, I do. So he is under league average for catchers this season. Oh, no. His OPS oh, is 651 and catching average 679. Oh, this close. season. But his defense on it. Oh, his, <laughs> hey, look up his, his. He must be. There's probably like 10 articles written about how good Kirk is on defense and how he's just saving. Hey, he's an all star starter last year. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever seen Kirk. Well, I got that one. Yeah, Has, there you here's, go. here's another stat. Have you ever seen Kirk throw someone out? Yeah, <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, like, literally yesterday. last night. Yeah, no, but like before, literally yeah. last night. Have we, have we ever seen that before <laughs> yesterday? Like, has that ever happened? Yeah, he's had some good throws lately. Yeah. In April, his arm strength was down, which 
is a little uh, weird. I, yeah. But lately, he's actually been pretty solid. Either way, I think he's been a big problem on the team. There's been a lot of big problems on the team, and you can go through it, and it's been Vladdy's slumps, and it's been Chapman having, what was Chapman in the last couple months? 585 OPS, then 633 May and June. Woof. Those are some baddies. It's been, yeah, I think Varsho not turning out to be the bat that they expected him to be. It's pretty clear that they didn't trade for a guy who was supposed to be a, what was it again, 660 OPS, 668 OPS guy, that they thought there was going to end up being more, especially with the lefty power. It's been Manoa's injury, sure. But yeah, I just, I, I have not really seen the what's up with Kirk stuff. He got hurt for a little while, so he was out of the mix. But now that he's back, I'm kind of going, all right, man, got to start to see the power. Got to start to see some of the offense because this... Like, this isn't cutting it. And, yeah, it's not bringing up Heinen. What is that? Heineman? Tyler Heineman. Tyler yeah. Heineman. I don't Tyler think he's the answer. Yeah. But I also think that, like, this is a thing where we're talking about where's the run production, where's this is a guy that's supposed to be later when a couple guys are on base, come through with a, a knock, score some runs. You'd like to see more power from him, and you'd like to see him get back above that league average OPS for catchers. But mm-hmm. there also are not a lot of teams in baseball built around their catcher being their offensive force and driving their offense. Yeah. I don't think I mean, he's supposed to be that, like the the main driving force. But again, there was a couple, there was a month or two last year where we were talking about this guy being special. There were there were broadcast after broadcast and uh, podcast after podcast about, hey, what do we have here in terms of a catcher? What is this guy offensively? This is what makes him special. And that's completely gone away. And it's just, yeah, not talked about. Anyway, now I'm back in the circle thing again. I should say with the Blue Jays, the one good thing about yesterday, or the best thing about yesterday? What was that? You don't know, Joe? No, go ahead. See? Bad. Mackie? <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> Just best bet. It oh, was the best bet. Yes. I told you. Yes. The streak is hot. It's five in a row again. I was thinking about the game, like what happened in the no, game. No, the my best bad, bad. bet streak Swanson. is pretty sweet. The best bet streak has once again gotten hot. Mm-hmm. It's gotten extremely hot. You could be making a ton of money, by the way, off of me. You know, but I'd said I'm putting them out on Twitter right now, and then I'll put them up on Instagram later. So follow at JD Bunkus if you want to get those picks. You share them, you like them, you do all those different things. I'll end up putting out bonus picks. But yeah, boy, things got to start to get a little bit better for the Blue Jays in the break. And yeah, I think that it's Friday for Manoa, right? Yes, Friday yeah. in Detroit. Friday in Detroit is all of a sudden going to become very, very, very much must-see TV. And there is going to be a lot of confirmation bias based off of this start <laughs> if he sucks yep. there's gonna be people crucifying the blue jays and if he's great it's gonna be a lot of arden going see there was no timeline for this ever uh let's do a little bit of podcast only portion uh so subscribe to the podcast head over there now uh thanks for coming in arden anytime We're- all right check 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 all right podcast portion of the show arden was too afraid to do it <laughs> Cowardly <laughs> dipped out of here after trying to tell us that Alejandro Kirk's defense is great. What the hell was that? What was that? <laughs> oh, his defense. Yeah, no. I want the defensive metrics too. OPS is not looking That's great. That's the thing. I don't, you know me. The league average. I get some stats. Yeah. The basic ones. I don't, I don't need some stats to tell me Alejandro Kirk. What do you say? The pitch framing numbers? Like, come on. What are we doing here? Not a stats guy. He's a. <laughs> He's turned himself into an adequate catcher. Yeah. Adequate. He's not special defensively. So he's a negative on the bases. He's a okay on behind the plate. Mm-hmm. And now he's not average at the dish. It's a big problem. Got to figure it out. Yep. Kirk's got to hit for power. Hey, guess what? If that's true, 
what happened about the the defense. He focused too much on it, and it became he, no. That's not credit to him. He's not shouldn't be lauded for that. He mm. should go back to what he was doing before, where he got all the hits. The Jays were better when he was getting the hits, and when they lost the offensive guys, it was time to become. It was an all star starter last year, like yeah. So he was an all star starter. Good to know. Was. All right, let's hit some topics. What do we got? So yesterday in Crandon, Wisconsin, a is happened at the Forest County Festival. You're not which, starting with Joey Chestnut. Did you want me to start with Joey Chestnut? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going in the order. Fourth of July yesterday. Sorry, I was going in the order that you were talking no, about it before just, the show. Just do Joey Chestnut wins his 16th mustard belt. Down 62 Franks and buns in This is a disappointing minutes. thing for him. It's funny. I saw him on a podcast, and he was talking about... He beat, thir- he beat second place by $13. Yeah, there's a lot more to this story, Joe. So yeah. they were going to cancel delay, the Nathan. There's a rain delay. Yeah. And then he marched back outside, and then... Wow. What, what, let Austin what is, do it. Sorry. No, no, you got it. You got it. Go, go, it buddy. A, he marched outside. I liked how he got he got very poetic with it. He marched he outside. Did. No, it was a good telling of the <laughs> yeah. story. Okay, like uh, no, Paul Revere's whole... run, buddy. Keep going. Come on, <laughs> there Joe. There's the whole it. video of him marching back outside. And, yeah. you know, there's the rain delay. I didn't even know they could have a rain delay at an eating competition. But anyway. No, here's yeah. the thing, though. Yeah, he beat his competition by 13 dogs. Yeah. I don't care. It's Joey Chestnut can only measure himself against himself. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. And there was talk about him going over a 70 number with hot dogs. I watched him on uh it was a video from part of my take hmm. that i saw online and he was saying it was possible well it was slow buns though because the weather slow buns that's so if he talking. had fast buns so that's what it was it was Austin's slow buns post. yeah no, forecast because... uh if there's overlay in the forecast it makes the buns uh heavier yeah. harder to get down in a in a wide in a quicker manner yeah so oh, we had slow buns there's not much you can no, do dude okay so mackie this is the you're the man this is where the that's mackie, crazy first of all this could be a mackie stat but i believe him he said that one with confidence he stepped out i listened to the them. interview on part of my take okay oh you listened to that buns, okay yes. so, no but i was gonna say that the part i saw I didn't listen to the whole interview. I just saw the clip on social was that he said, I don't know if I'll hit that number because I can't account for protesters and weather. And I mm. went, this guy called a shot. He, he built in the excuse. What I will say about this is I think I already mentioned on the pod yesterday or the other day about how he has to go into a hotel room and yeah. basically just like detox. the physical trauma after these yeah. events is like a four day, five day process. Of yeah. Just- he Internal goes death. through. He goes through basically transporting, where they got to tie him to the bed, and he sees the baby on the ceiling, and he's yeah. It's not. It's it's absolutely not a pretty scene. Mm-hmm. And J- Joey Chestnut just looks strange, you know, like he's really became obvious yesterday when everyone's chanting Joey, Joey, and he's like, uh, he's got that awkward quirk on his face. Yeah, he no, doesn't know I mean. what he's doing. Yeah, competitive eating. It's uh, it, I just think it's it's taking its toll on the body. It doesn't yeah. look great. It's like, listen, if you smoke cigarettes your whole life, it's going to start to take its toll on your skin. And apparently it's the same with if you competitively eat food for your entire and life you as well. 62 dogs in 10 minutes. You see his intro, though? They had, like, the whole music and everything. No. Austin, I, did you see that? Came out with Goldberg. Came, yeah, exactly. I got to tell you. Stuff. It's pretty awesome. I wish I could just be a cool. I've interviewed Joey Chestnut. Mm-hmm. It is incredible what he's able to do. He's one of the freak kings, truly, that we've ever had. Like, uh, it's it's so disgusting to me, though. It's hard for me to watch uh, guys yeah. put the glizzies down like that or any food like that eating that way. It just... I can agree with that. I can't watch it. And what I saw yesterday, my biggest takeaway from this is I saw a... 
I think it was ESPN Sports Sciences did the here's what it looks like. You know how oh, they do the yeah. here's what an athlete's body looks like when they're going through this? Yeah, right. And they did one where they showed him as a skeleton with the stomach. Did you see that, Austin? No, I missed that one. And they show the way how he's able to do it. And he's basically just trained, obviously, his stomach to be able to expand in ways that human stomachs are absolutely not supposed to. Not supposed to. <laughs> absolutely not and supposed I watched to. this video and I it ruined my day. I I said I, it was I, I saw I saw the video yeah. and it was immediately that's enough Twitter. Yeah. Good night. Goodbye. One of those off. Just everything phone. off. Yeah. Focused on the Blue Jays game, wrote a couple of notes down, and that was it. <laughs> Went to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, congrats to Joey Chestnut. Unban Kobayashi. Let the let Kobayashi and Joey Chestnut go back at it. It's been too long, Nathan. Do what's right. I don't care. <laughs> He's tapped into the pulse. I know he is. This man knows about competitive eating. He knows about competitive eating. Also, mustard belt, sick name for I, a trophy. I, I like, though, that you put this question. Is there any type of food you could challenge Chestnut with? Like, no. Yeah. What, do you, what is that question? I, what are you talking about? Is he allergic to anything? Yeah. Like, no. I, that's, that's, really that. only, that's what I'm saying. Like, is there any? No, I'm not even going to. Yep. Yeah, anyway. Joe. <laughs> No, I Chest, read that. Chestnut's chestnut. Is it, I also don't think I could beat Lewis Hamilton in a, in yeah, a street race. Exactly. Yeah. Tough. I you don't think I could beat Lewis Hamilton than... in any kind of cardiac. No. <laughs> Do, is there any food that you could? Man, no. Do you think that's, you know what my favorite one actually is right now? There's one on, well, this has always been on Twitter, but there's the one where it's like, would you take a million dollars cash or would you risk it for $20 million yeah. to try to score 15, 15 in an NBA points. game? Yeah, 40, <laughs> you play a four, like, 48 minutes in an NBA I played, game. I played Division II TDSB Central high school basketball. I don't think I scored 15 points. 15 points in an NBA game? Are you kidding I, me? There's NBA players no, that can't score 15. That's what I'm saying. It is genuinely one of the funniest. It's it's incredible. This is why pros versus Joes, they needed to bring it back. It was yeah. so good, but it got too dangerous. <laughs> But it was the best because these guys and some of those Joes, they were told actually, again, they to ham it up. And some of those guys didn't really feel that way. They were told to trash talk and then mm-hmm. ended up becoming punished. There was no <laughs> there was no communication between the producers and the athletes and the Joes. But either way, you meet guys. And this still happens, man. You go out for a couple beers with yeah. some dudes and there will always be the one guy there that's like, and yeah, then I did this in sports. and you know, Yeah. Because we work in pro sports, right? We watch this every day. Yeah. We know what this takes. And so there is nothing cringier than talking about your own athletic accomplishments. Oh, uh, yeah. And it's, it's just so bad. I like how Joe shook his head, Austin, as though he doesn't come in here all the time talking about his athletic accomplishments. Uh, well, what did you do the night before? But, yeah, I was yeah. going to say, Joe. <laughs> that Joe, happened to me Joe, the other night. Yeah. Joe shook his head like, yeah, okay, those guys what, when, when did I do that? You've done that many times. Many hockey times. And with hockey, yeah. Then yeah. I compare myself to, like, pros? No, but you'll come in and talk about, hey, what I did, what I accomplished. And sometimes I talk about playing sports, yeah. yeah that's, no, it's, I know. It's fine to talk about sports. <laughs> I'm just teasing. You know, just a little Joe. What? When do I compare myself? Yeah, see, but even your brain went to, Joe thought, that was kind of, like, messy, that one. <laughs> that was messy. No. It, I kind of looked no, like him But either way, there. it's always, especially now my age. Right. It's some dad who is 34 with a mm-hmm. barrel talking about how sick they used to be at hockey or some girl who's like, my brother would have probably played pro if he didn't hurt his back. And you're it's always like, the brothers. Yeah. It's like, oh, your brother's 21 uh, years old. And he's a tennis well, player. The, the, the reason I shook my head is because there was a guy I lived with in first year who thought he could genuinely score on Giannis Antetokounmpo. 
like genuinely, and I grilled him about it, and he genuinely yeah. said, like, no, like, I'm, I'm fast. I can yeah, move fast. I, mean, him. I was like, yeah, sure. No, but that's it. Go ahead. There's <laughs> some people with just zero perception of reality. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's wild. Like, it's truly, truly, truly insane. Yeah. Um, scored 15 points in a basketball game. Here's what I would say. The in, old, in an NBA game. In yeah. an NBA game. No, dude, the only thing you would take is, unless you were a Div 1 college basketball player. Mm-hmm. Like div one and you played, you weren't even like a bench guy because the case for that is they would leave you alone in the corners. Right. So at least if you could shoot, but here's the thing, if you were my height, you know, and I was a good shooter, I still can shoot a basketball very well. They could Mm -hmm. leave me in the corner. The time that my short ass got the ball out of my hands from a wing player closing in on the (laughs) three point line, two arms up the crowd being loud as you caught the basketball. Like, here's what I would say. I'm very confident in my shooting ability. I have won high school uh, three-point competitions before mm-hmm. in terms of like, the because the three-point line is much closer. Yep. Um, I would say that I am a above-average shooter today in this day and age in just amongst average basketball players. Right. I don't think I would get three points in a basketball game. Yeah. I think if I got three, it would be extremely lucky, and it was because... I knew I was getting all the shots and that all the guys were playing five on four. They were letting me chuck it and I would miss or someone fouled. I would you miss or, or get like blocked. That. Yeah. I'd ha- I don't think I but could even, even hit the free throw. I, I don't even think be... I could get, no, I don't even think I could draw a foul. I don't think I could draw a foul. There's you, no you'd way. have to talk a lot. No. Get someone to really want to block you. Hit them with a pump fake no. and then go into their body. That's pump the only fake. Way to get to yeah, the no, they got to leave their feet against yeah, me. Pump fake yeah, Evan no. Mobley. See I'm how pump that works. faking it. Yeah. <laughs> Flies by. No, five, no, ten, gotta, but you got to be talking the whole time to make no. them want to block you no. so badly. If you right? think it, if the, the question should flat out be, could you get more than two points? Yeah. One basket. Yeah. Should like, could basket. you get a basket? Could you get two and a half? Like, could you, could you get there in an NBA game? That would be it. That And frankly, out of all the pro sports to have a shot at scoring, it's the only one that you have a shot. Yeah. You'd never score a goal in hockey. Nope. Nope. No shot. <laughs> no way. You wouldn't even get close in football to the nope. end zone. The only way with, again, so. With hockey, stick on the ice, Connor McDavid's right there. It gives it to you right in you, front. Why are that, you get to play with Connor McDavid? Because we're on the power play. It's a five on three. Oh, so you're on the power play. Oh, wait. So if you're playing in this hockey game, you're also the you coach. You guys seen the movie Rudy ever. No, but I'm saying you're uh, the yeah, coach. Yeah, like, I you get coach. Get, it's player coach. It's a, <laughs> yeah, whole, okay. it's a whole thing. No, okay. You get to go out there. You player get, coach you get, Austin Mackey. You get 20 minutes and you're not going to get six guy in front of the net. He's a presence. Here's what you're not going to do. You're not going to score a goal. Uh, you're definitely not scoring goal in soccer. Zero percent nope. chance. No, no chance. It's the, the lowest one. And you're not driving in a run in baseball like yours. And you're not no. getting a hit off. You're of not even making contact. Could no. you get a first down in football? No. If you had 10 carries, you no. think? No. You have an offensive no. line. You got everything no. there. No, no. Right? no chance. No. You know why? First one guy, yard per carry. First guy that, first of all, doesn't matter. I'm getting it's it's not one yard I'm, per carry because I'm getting hit in the backfield for sure because I got no. I'm get losing off. twelve. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and First I'm also all, fumbling. I was going to say, I was gonna say that I these are the things that are happening to me in the football game. One, Here we go. I get I get the snap. I pee my pants. I get smoked by some linebacker D tackle who crushes every bone in my upper body. <laughs> I go to the hospital crying if I'm conscious, asking for mama. <laughs> that's no, it. that's that's probably that's what happens. Yeah. No, again, crazy. I man, I've been in an NFL locker room before, and here's what I'll say about being in there: I was not comfortable. 
I wasn't. I wasn't they looking around going. I could get ten I, yards and ten carries. Yes. I was thinking. Oh my God! Seriously, I, the first NFL locker room I ever went in was the Seahawks, mm-hmm. and Russell Wilson was the quarterback. The, was when they were here for the, the Bills. Toronto game. Yeah, yeah. And my only thought was, I actually am about the same size as Russell Wilson. Like we stand side by side, we're very similar, and even like he's way more jacked and athletic. There's no question, but he's not big. Like he's muscular, mm-hmm. but he he's not like a tank of a of a guy. Yeah, he's pretty thick, but yeah. I'm, I'm pretty thick boy too, you know, I'm a thick, short guy. Right. Anyway, um, like I'm five ten, but I'm 190 pounds. Right. And he's probably five ten, two hundred, 200, maybe, maybe even less. Either way. My point is, is that the physical dimensions between the two of us are actually not insanely different. Mm-hmm. It, it's not like me with Shaq. It's not like me with LeBron. And mm-hmm. all I could think of when I was there was looking at Russell Wilson thinking these guys hit you. Like he's two fifteen. So yeah. He's five eleven, two fifteen is listed as yeah. both of you tower over Kyler Murray. He's not five eleven. Allegedly uh, he is. <laughs> yeah, no, he ain't five eleven. He's my height exactly. Like I No, stood... you're right though. Like the size of actual football. No, like I, I've just seen CFL locker rooms, but like those Man, guys are mean. beasts. No, dude, I couldn't get ten yards in the CFL, zero percent chance. Oh Go no, God, no, Enoch mm-hmm. Wombo would kill me. No uh, Anyway, none of you can do it. No, Anyone listening no. to this, unless you're a pro athlete listening to this podcast, unless you are a pro, you can't. You don't right? drive. I think I could do an F1 race. I don't think I'd finish on lap. Would you finish I'd... a lap? No, no. I think I could finish an entire race. I think I could. Yeah, that's Like wrong. competing against other drivers. Yeah. You're not alone no. on the yeah. course. I think I'd be like, I'd be lapped multiple times. No doubt. <laughs> no. I think I could though. I take that turn at the Gardner. Driving an F1 car is not a walk the downforce. In the you think the downforce is going to get the best of me, Joe? What's no, the fastest no car you've ever driven? Uh, Hyundai like, Elantra. Can you take yeah. a corner yeah. at 100 plus? Idiotic Hyundai Elantra. I take the Gardner corner okay. at 120. Anyways, that's enough for today's podcast. Is Mackie <laughs> thinking he could? Dude, you would step into that vehicle, and the the power of it would overwhelm the you. No question. Would... Yeah. You would drive it so slow that you would be disqualified. You have yeah, to drive actually, a certain speed. Yeah, you're yeah probably, you have you know to. The, like the tires, yeah. you have to move at a yeah. certain. And you're also taking corners at what, like a hundred plus. No, dude, you. I take corners at hundred plus in the garden yeah, already, Joe. Yeah, anyway. yeah, God, right, I don't want to. Guess you what? Guys have talked me out of it. Guess now. what? I not not only could you not do it, there's zero percent chance you could do it. But also, what we've learned is look out for Mackie on the road. Can't <laughs> <laughs> just admit it to taking yeah. corners at hundred. I know he's like, I'm taking corners at hundred. I was like, what are you doing, police? What's your license plate number? Just quick, can we just get that on the show? Social here? insurance number, please. The, Thank it's you. The blue car with all the scratches on it. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> it's got no fender, one wheel. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Anyway, do the roller coaster one quick, quick, quick because the yeah. roller coaster one. Okay, yeah. So roller coaster. You um, teased it in Wisconsin. I, I did tease it by yeah. accident. Roller coaster in Wisconsin had a mechanical failure, stranded eight riders upside down on a ride called the Fireball for about three hours. The local fire fire department and help came and eventually got them all down. Seven of the eight were children. They were transported to the hospital, uh, and everyone was taken there for further testing. Nobody was critically injured. Stuck upside down for three hours. Where does that rank among, like, the top amusement park fears ever? That's got to be huh, like. What do you mean? What else is gotta, there? That's got to be like number one. <laughs> Where is that? That's rank? the top contender. Where does it? What? Give me one thing that could be above it. 
I'm not uh, really right. an amusement park guy, so I'm not well, like, like the falling screws falling out of a roller coaster you're on, yeah, Final but Destination that, that's style. Just, but that's, this, this that's is like the existential same, fear. This is the same thing. The chestnut. Being stuck on a ride <laughs> and seeing, because was this one where there was the crack? Uh, it just had mechanical failure. This okay. was not the, the one with the crack. No, the one with the crack was, was a different video okay, going so around yesterday. So I think that's so scarier two, is what I'm saying. Well, either way, there's two videos. No, no, no. But they're there's the same thing. It's an error with the ride. Yeah. Mechanical failure is what it was called. Here's what I'll tell you. I don't think I'll ever go on a roller coaster again in my life. Mm, this, it's the, it's Unless I have yet. kids. If I have yet. kids, maybe. But even then, why would I subject them to these cracks and delays and stuff? I've done them. I've done multiple. I've done every, I think, ride at Wonderland. Really? Well, not maybe the newest ones, but in whatever up until 2007 <laughs> rides mm-hmm. were there. I've done those. I've done every ride of the Six Flags. Mm-hmm. I've done the one where you do the fly thing where you pull the cord and you zoom over top of people and it's the fake bungee jumping. It's, it's bungee jumping for cowards. Right. Although I will argue that that one is also a little not it's not spookier than bungee jumping, but it's underrated in terms of the fact that like you have to go up in the harness mm-hmm. and you just like keep going up and you're staring down right at the ground and you're like yeah. oh and you're just like you feel sick farther and yeah, farther yeah, it's away. not fa- it's it feels sick but bungee yeah. jumping standing over the cliff and having to jump is uh, no question harder to do but mm-hmm. I've done all this stuff and I hate it every time so much the amount of throwing up I did at Six Flags. Mm-hmm. Possible record of dry heaves, just getting oh. off the rides, feeling w- like knees wobbly, and then going like, "All right, I'll just keep going." And I kept thinking I would get desensitized <laughs> to it at one point. Every photo of me on a roller coaster is the exact same, <laughs> gripping whatever you can hold on to to the point of like, I'm I, like white knuckling the entire. No, if you way. took, they have grip strength competitions at Strongman. They do. I yes. think if you took my grip strength <laughs> on how I'm holding those bars. Record. Not a record, but like I could get in the competition. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I could get in. They would say this guy is at, hey, he belongs with us. Right. He's not the champion, but he belongs in here. And my eyes are sealed shut. Right. That makes sense. Every photo. So you used to be an amusement park guy. Not I anymore. was never an amusement oh, park no. guy. You just did the rides. Yes. Uh, what else are you supposed to do? What else? Well, because do? some people enjoy no, going on rides. No, I yes, yes, but I'm <laughs> saying that lunacy. every kid and young adult, especially like there, there was a point in time where people go like, "You want to go Wonderland?" I'll be like, "Yeah, right, for sure, right." So you didn't do it because you liked it. You did it because your friends were doing it, or because family members paid for or me family to go. Members, right? Okay. Yeah. Again, I was I from you. Whitehorse, Yukon. So mm-hmm. whenever I would go come to Ontario, or if I would go to California, that would be an event or a thing to do. Right. Boy, oh boy, I hate them. Yeah. And even the roller coaster rides I remember at West Edmonton Mall doing, hating those. The ones at West Edmonton Mall? Yes. Those are kiddie rides, though. Those, it's like, that's the one that goes at West Edmonton no, 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 Mall. There's Huge two, shout out, by the way. Great there's, place. There's one decent roller coaster in there, and then there's uh, there's one that's like a drop zone-ish kind of. Yeah, not, I, okay, they might like, have taken the decent one out there no. when I've gone, because the drop zone one is the one I, well, I saw. At, not uh, like the drop Mall. zone one where you go up, because drop zone is actually the only ride that I refuse to do. I will never do that ride at it, because I just think that's a nutcracker ride. Like, why would I want to feel my... Mm. You literally feel your gut come out of your mouth. No, I don't want that sensation to me is disgusting. Like I don't, I there's nothing. I I've done that version actually at West Edmonton Mall, but no, there's one that's like the Mind Bender. Is that what it was called? Show me. It got got shut down for good. Okay, show me. 
The triple loop. No, one. yeah, yeah, but no, that's not the one I'm talking about. Okay. There's another one there that's just like you, you, you. It's just like you drop. It's just like a sudden mm. plummet. Um. Anyways, that one, and then yeah, that mind bender mind used bender. to be there. Um. I hate them. I don't want to ever be yeah, around so a roller coaster. I. So do I. They disgust me. Uh, I feel sick. Motion sickness. Just not good. No, not for me. Not for me. <laughs> My sister still tells the hilarious story. The first time I was ever on a roller coaster, I was with her. And uh, I was just like, the whole, she's like, the whole time you're going up, you're just white knuckling. And she, my sister's like a thrill seeker. She's down. She right. bungee jumps. She does everything. She's not a coward at all. She's brave. It, mm-hmm. In order of my family, it goes sister bravest by like a million miles, then my younger brother, then me. Dead last coward. <laughs> just gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just not even on the table. My brother's a coward too, but he's better at faking like he's not. Right. You know, he'll, he can he'll, play it off. He's more self conscious and he's younger. So he'll still do the move of like, I'm not. I'm not afraid. I like ah. this. I, I'm a fan of this. And it's like, no, you're not. You're a coward like me. It's fine. No, I'm also a full coward. Someday. <laughs> but so we're going up the roller coaster. It's like doing that. Oh. You know, that whole thing. The clicking as you're She's going like up. the whole way up. All you're doing is I hate my dad. I hate my dad. I hate because he made me do it. <laughs> he made you do I it. I hate my dad. I hate my dad. I hate my dad. <laughs> like a little boy. Yeah, just the entire way up. She was oh, like, that's all goodness. you were saying with your eyes closed. I hate my dad. I hate my dad. <laughs> as you're about to hit the drop of yeah. doom on the other side. Yeah, that's it. So anyways, that's a good way to sign off. Anyway, uh, subscribe to the podcast. Leave five stars. I've been noticing some. I actually saw one guy leave a review. I looked at it the other day because, you know, I look at the five stars and I look at the reviews. I pay attention. One guy was like, best show on Sportsnet, four stars. I was like, God. <laughs> you know, he had a really low opinion of the rest that, of our roster. I, no, or, the bar. Just hard marker, man. Hard marker. <laughs> Rude. If you're the person listening to this, bump that up, you jerk. Anyways, leave five stars. Leave a review if you can do it. really helps me out. It makes the podcast visible. And again, share it. And if you ever want to bet, uh, if you follow the best bets, share it. Uh, and then reach out on Instagram or Twitter in the DMs at JD Bunkus. And uh, yeah, I'll hook you up. Or, and if you like it and share it, I'll probably start sharing bonus picks, maybe even in the DMs for the people that do. All right. Talk to you later.